Estás escuchando un mensaje de parte de Vida City Church Houston. Para más información de nuestra iglesia, visita nuestra página de web en vidacch.org. Y ahora con ustedes, el mensaje. You are listening to a message from Vida City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at vidacch.org. And now with you, today's message. I'd like to continue or finish, if I can, a series that I started about a month ago uh, entitled The Pieces Are Coming Together. And I pray that even from a month ago to now, that you've been able to see that in your life, that every circumstance, every situation, no matter how ugly, how unpreferred, and how uh, out of shape it could be, it fits in the big picture that God has for your life. I am in 1 Samuel chapter 22 verses 1 through 5, 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 through 5, and uh, I know Sister Alice will be making the announcements later, but I'm excited because part of our worship team and band will be singing with Evan Kraft that will be with us on December the 19th, that's going to be our Christmas concert, so we want you to be here, bring somebody, They'll be in the, he'll be in the, in the morning and in the second service as well. That's December 19th, so we're, we're excited about that. First Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 through 5, just so that we can uh, revisit um, this, this portion of Scripture. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them. And there were about 400 men with him. Then David went from there to Mitzvah of Moab. And he said to the king of Moab, please let my father and mother come here with me till I know what God will do for me. So he brought them before the king of Moab, and they dwelt with him all the time David was in the stronghold. Now the prophet Gad said to David, Don't stay in the stronghold. Depart and go to the land of Judah. So David departed and went into the forest of Hereth. God bless his word here in his house. I would like to conclude, like I said, that series that I started titled, The Pieces Are Coming Together. We have been talking about David who finds himself in this cave called Adullam. We talked about that his calling was accepted. His calling was not only accepted, but also was made known when David killed the great giant named Goliath. But we also mentioned that there will always be a pasture before you get to the palace. And in the middle of that pasture and the palace, you'll find yourself often in a cave. And the cave seems to be the place where we feel that the castle is really not close enough to be reached. We've all had our cave incidents, our cave moments where we cave in. 
But we got to understand that even in life, God will use caves to prepare us. Caves to give us moments to be alone with God. Caves to see really how much of God do we really know and believe. But also caves that in the cave, God will bring people to minister to us in that cave. And David comes to find out that, that life is, is like a puzzle. And a puzzle is a portrait, a picture comprised of uneven pieces. And when you're looking at a puzzle, it has these uneven pieces that seem to have no obvious uniformity. Shape different, they're cut different, they look weird. And when we put them together, no matter how weird, how uneven, or even how out of shape they may look, all of these pieces put together, they form the picture of that puzzle. All of you received, I think, a piece of a puzzle. And there are three laws to, to, to a puzzle, just for review's sake. The first law is that whoever made the puzzle did not start off with the pieces. The one who made the puzzle started off with the picture. This is how that picture is supposed to look. This is how all those uneven pieces, those crazy shaped, ugly formed, cut pieces are supposed to be put together to form this picture. All of us in our lives have a picture that was already designed by God for us. And so the first law is that whoever made the picture did not start with the pieces, but started with this picture. And then he cut them, cut this picture into pieces. And our job is to fit, our job is to put these pieces back together to form God's picture of our life. The second rule or law of a puzzle is that there are no extra pieces. All the pieces you need to form this picture are in the box. And every piece that God has cut your life into is there to form the big, beautiful picture that God has designed for your life. There are no extra pieces. All of them fit is the third law. Every piece fits. And if it doesn't fit, is because we don't have it in the right place. They all fit. It doesn't matter how weird they're cut, the shape it may be, how ugly it looks, all of them fit to design and to form the beautiful picture that God has painted for your life. This is a word probably for somebody today that, that God is using the uneven, the, the unpreferred, uh, the ugly, the, the I, I don't know why it's in this shape and in this form, pictures of your life. He's putting them all together to bring everything together to fit in the big picture of your life. Listen, such is the case of David when we find him in this cave of Adullam. We find him here. He is a skillful musician. He has been in Saul's music department singing and playing out tormenting spirits that would come 
upon Saul. He has been a captain of part of Saul's army. But now he finds himself on the run. He finds himself hiding here in this cave uh, called Adullam because King Saul cannot, cannot handle all the attention and all the reports that are being given about David for killing the giant named Goliath. And this text that we read somehow is tailored to teach us that God will confirm our calling, that God will confirm the gifts that are on your life, that God will confirm the talents that are in your life, and he will expose the potential on your life, not when things are going good, but sometimes in the worst moments of your life. That's when God will confirm your calling. That's when God will expose the gifts and the talents and everything that he deposited in you, even your potential. And we talked about that the first thing God will do, he'll send people to your life that are more interested in you as a person than they are interested in your position. And you need people in your life that understand that though you are in your cave moment, they still understand you have been anointed for the castle. And they will not allow the crisis, the downfall, the setbacks in your life to change their mind about the calling, the potential, and the gifts that God has placed in your life. And some of you need to make your circle of influence a little bit and maybe a lot smaller because you got people that are hanging around you that are okay with you as long as you're on your way to the palace and you're on your way to the castle. But the moments they find you in your cave, they're nowhere to be found. You can't see them. You don't hear them. They don't text you. They don't Facebook you. They don't, they don't message you. You need to get rid of some of those people, if not all of those, and stick with those that say, I know you've been anointed. I know your gifts. I know the calling on your life. I know the talents that you have. But regardless whether you're down, I'm going to be here when you're down. And that has no bearing on my concept and the, what I believe that God has called you and anointed you to do. David finds himself had been anointed to be the king. David has found himself being anointed to be the next king and to have the kingdom. But every piece that he seems to find in his life has nothing and is not even close to the picture that God has given him. And many times in our life, we will live a piece of our puzzle that seems to go nothing and look nothing like the picture that God painted us or the promise that he gave us. Look at the puzzle that you have in your hand. And it could describe certain moments of your life that you're wondering, how does this weird shape, how in the heck is this piece going to fit in the purpose and in the calling in the picture of my life? But it's interesting, isn't it, that God can use all these weird shapes and moments, but when you put them all together, they form the big picture and you realize every piece fits. I've come to tell somebody that even in the most worst moment of your life that you're going through, maybe even now, it fits in the puzzle and at the end you'll find out that God is always in control David finds himself a little a little concerned now because the situate the cave doesn't look like the picture of a castle 
David understands that this group of people come are not concerned about the castle. They're not concerned about his position. They're concerned about the person. And you need people in your life that are concerned about you as a person. Not about your position. Not about, you know, your goals. I'm concerned about you. I want you to know that my concerns for you have no bearing on where you're going but where you are right now. Are you listening? You need people to be with you when you're at the top but they're willing to be with you when you're in the bottom. You need people that are willing to be with you in the mountain but even if you're in the valley I'm going to be there with you are you listening I mentioned to you about Batman that Batman has all these gadgets this bell he sometimes has Robin with him he sometimes has Batgirl with him but I came to realize that Batman's success is not on the gadgets wasn't on Batman on Robin or wasn't on Batgirl because sometimes they're there and sometimes they're not Sometimes they're in the movie, sometimes they're not. But there's somebody that's always in that movie, and that is Alfred. Alfred is the only one that can understand Batman and Bruce Wayne. Batman is the only one that can understand Batman when he has his cape on, and Bruce Wayne when he doesn't have the cape on. And you need people in your life that can manage the both sides of you, that when I'm up or whether I'm down, they are there saying it does have no bearing, nor does it change my mind on the calling on your life, on the gift of your life on the potential of your life the second thing God does he brings another group of people it's there people of God it's there in the word of God it, it, it's, it's that second group that God brings in verse one it, it says that the people it was his brothers that came but then verse two begins to talk about the, the the other group that comes to his life and and these are all the broken people People that are in debt, people that are in distress, people that are discontent. Another word for discontent is bitter in spirit. And God will bring this group of people to confirm your calling, your talent, your potential, everything that God's deposited in you. He'll, he'll bring these people into your life because he wants to know, he wants you to know the potential that's in you. What can you do with a broken life? What can you do when somebody's in distress? What can you do when somebody is beat up, banged up, and can't go? What can you do with that? That's where your gift begins to show. That's where your talent begins to come out. That's where your potential begins to be exposed. And God will bring these kind of people. I know we want a word from the prophet. I know we want a word from a man and a woman of God that says, Thus saith the Lord. But sometimes God will bring those that can't tell you that. They got a broken life. They got a distressed life life they got an indebted life they got a messed up life and when you begin to pour into them and you begin to work with them and their lives begin to change they're the ones that are confirming the calling that was on your life see you can't listen you can't put somebody back together who is already put together hello that can't reveal your potential. You can't help somebody or you can't expose your gift to try to fix something that's not broken. It's only when it's broken that your gift comes out. It's only when they're hurting that your gift comes out. It's only, and that begins to confirm that God called you for the castle. But sometimes you're going to have to be in your cave so that those things begin to come out. When doubt begins to tell you, you know what, you were anointed for the palace and you were anointed for for the castle but look where you'll find yourself it's in that cave that God will bring the broken the hurt and it's in that cave where God begins to pull out of you everything he deposited in your life these people were in distress these people were broke these people have nothing to offer nothing to share sometimes like I said we want somebody that has a title somebody that has a degree or a pedigree no 
God wants to reveal to you what he's put inside of you. And the only way he could reveal it is by bringing the broken, bringing the distress, bringing those that are probably in a worse condition than you are. See, because the first time since he was anointed to be king, it's the first time he has anybody that believes him, that's wanting to follow him. Nobody had followed him up to now. Doesn't look like his picture. He said, I'd be king, I'd be ruler. I don't have anybody following me at this point. And so God takes him to the cave to prove to him that what I've anointed you to do, you have all it takes to be the leader. You have all it takes to be the king. You have all it takes to be what I painted your picture to be. And some of you find yourself that you should be higher up in the corporate ladder. But God has you there for a moment. Get ready. God is bringing people to you. God is going to bring problems to you. God is going to bring situations to you that nobody else is going to be able to handle. Nobody else is going to be able to resolve. Nobody else is going to be able to give the answer to that. But God will reveal it to you. And it's in those moments when you feel like you've been forgotten. It's in those moments when you feel like hey I'm worth more than this and I've been called for something better it's in those moments that God will expose what God deposited in you so get ready because your moment is coming where God is about to reveal what he's deposited in your life so he brings this other group of people into his life to confirm his calling in the worst time of his life David begins to understand I'm beginning to see how the puzzles uh, and the pieces are coming together regardless how disfigured, how uneven, how unpreferred they are. It's forming the picture of my life. But then there's a third thing that God wants to do. Because he understands, the, 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 the people that come to David understand, we know what's on your life even though somebody else has ignored it. Hello. Because you would think the high people and, and, and the prestigious people would, would recognize David's calling. And it wasn't them. The ones that showed up and recognized his calling were the broken, the distressed, and in debt. Indebted people. They're the ones that came and they, why did they come to him? They saw something on David's life. And they said, not only do we see something on your life, but you are our captain. You are our leader. Check it out. They're not going to a prestige place. They're not going to a certain, they're going to a cave where this guy is hiding out and they show up and they say, you know what, God, God is so humorous because if you're hiding, nobody's supposed to be able to find you. Yet his parents found him and his family found him because you can outrun the hate of Saul, but you can't outrun or escape the love of God. And it's been in those moments that God, and, and then, not all the prestigious people come. It's all these messed up people and they say, because we see what God is doing in your life, you are our captain. You're our leader. And that should be something, listen, because their understanding, when we submit under this guy, we're not going to be the same people that came into the cave that goes out of the cave. When we come out, our life will be changed. When we come out, our mindset will be different. When we come out of this cave, we're not going to be the same weakling and the ones that ran from this cave. 400 men came out of that cave and they became warriors. They became giant slayers who they weren't when they came in. Are you listening? There's something about being submissive to the cave that God has called you. Maybe God has called you to be the city cave, to be here. And there's something that God wants to teach you, something that God wants to reveal to you. Maybe it's here where God wants to expose 
knows your gift, your talent, your ability, and the calling that's on your life. There's something that God does when we are in submission to the leadership that God places over us. But between the cave and the castle, there's, there's one more thing that happens. It's there in verse 3 and 4. Lean in and let me read it to you. It says, then God, then David went there to Mitzvah of Moab. And he said to the king of Moab, peace, please let my father and mother come here with me till I know what God is gonna, will do for me. So he brought them before the king of Moab. And they dwelt with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. Got to understand that in the process, there will be change of relationships. Let, let, let me explain. David says, it says here that David goes to the king of Moab. Moab is their enemy. King Saul killed so many kids and, and, and children from, from people of their Moab that they became Israel's enemy. Listen to me closely. There will be a change of relationships. It was a friend turned enemy named Saul that made David go into the cave. It was a friend turned enemy that made David go into the cave. But it was an enemy turned friend that made David come out of the cave and take his parents there. Are you listening with me? It was an enemy turned friend, the king of Moab. But it was a friend turned enemy, which was Saul. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in a predicament that his friend who turned enemy made him hide and go into run and hiding now in the cave. But yet now the, cha the scenario changes. He needs somebody to take care of his parents, and he goes to his enemy, the king of Moab, now, who becomes his friend, and the Bible says, and his parents stayed there all during the time that David was in the stronghold. I've come to tell somebody that you've come to find out that when you're in the castle, you'll find out that you have friends that have turned enemy to you. As a matter of fact, you're probably hiding out because of your friend who turned enemy to you. But I've come to tell you today that you that came to Vida City Church and are watching, that it's this season that God is going to turn your enemies into your friends. And some of you need to go back and knock on a door and you were wanting to buy a house and they said no, they were your enemy. Go back and they're going to say, yeah, we're going to go ahead and give you that loan and we're going to give it to you at an interest rate. Some of you need to go knock and talk to somebody that, that owns a house that's selling it and you might just buy it from owner. To, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but there is some enemy that is going to become your friend within the next week and by the end of this year, people that you thought didn't want anything to do with you, people that maybe had hurt, hurt you in the past, people that maybe just, just turned their face on you, go and knock on their door again. David did it. David went back to the enemy's camp, and that enemy, God changed his heart to turn it around and be one of his allies and be one of the ones to take care of his mom and his dad. So... Don't be afraid to let go of some relationships and get new ones or old enemy ones that come back and become your friends. God has it all, and you figure, how on earth is that going to work in my life in the picture that God has painted? 
doesn't make sense. The shapes are crazy. The, 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 the curves on this are absurd. But you know what? You got to keep going to God's promise. You got to keep going to that picture, the original picture that God has painted on your life. And when you look at it, you'll say, some way, somehow, this is going to fit and make that picture complete because there are no extra pieces. The other thing in the process is this. That not only does God bring people that love you more as a person than your position. That know you're anointed for the castle even though you're in the cave. And that your crisis is not going to change their mind. Are you listening? Their crisis is not going to change their mind about the calling and the anointing that's on your life. Because that is so sad today in the postmodern church that we live in. Because the fact that you tripped, the fact that you failed, the fact that you had a setback, oh, all of a sudden, oh, I knew God wasn't. The devil is a liar. That's why I said you got to get rid of those friends and find people. And even some of those people that come against you have your own last name. And you might have to distance yourself from them. And find those that says, I know you had a setback. I know you, but you know what? The calling is evident in your life. The calling is real in your life. And even though you're in the castle, you're still anointed to be, uh, even though you're in the cave, you're still anointed to be in the castle. Then he brings all these people that are in a mess so that your gifts are now exposed and you realize, wow, I was called for something and for such a time as this. And then you come to realize that my friend who turned enemy drove me into the cave, but there's an enemy that God changed his heart to become my friend, to bring me out of the, are you listening, out of the cave. How do you go to talk to Moab unless you're willing to go out of the cave? And it's the king of Moab who was an enemy that turned friend that allowed you to come out of the cave when it was a friend that turned enemy that drove you to the cave. Are you with me? And here's the other thing. There has to be a change of mindset. There has to be a change of mindset. It's there, people of God. It's there. Verse 4. The Bible says, so he brought them before the king of Moab, and they dwelt, talking about his parents, and they dwelt with him all the time that David was where? In the stronghold. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You have to change your mindset. It's interesting that when he leaves, it's a cave. He leaves to Moab, he's leaving the cave. But when he comes back, it's a stronghold. It's a stronghold. It's a stronghold. In other words, David's mindset is this. He has to change it. He's not understanding that he left the cave. And if you leave the cave, you can keep on walking. But he leaves the cave, leaves his parents there, and now he comes back. And instead of coming back to the cave, it's now for him a stronghold. If you have the ability to leave the cave, keep on walking. Change the mindset. He's still under that mindset that, that, that you know what, I, I got to come back. to. And now it's not only a cave. I'm going to make it my, my stronghold. God never anointed you for the cave. He anointed you for the castle. And sometimes you got to go back to God's promises and understand I was anointed for the castle so that you don't stay where God never assigned you to be. 
change your mind. If I can walk out of the cave, I can keep on walking. But his mindset was, I got to come back, and now it's a stronghold. Why are you allowing that situation to take a stronghold on your life when you're realizing that God is confirming your potential, your calling, and all these pieces, if you put them together, are gradually forming the big picture that God created for your life? your mindset if I could leave the cave and I come back into the cave then I can leave the cave and keep walking let, let, let me close with this because sometimes you need somebody to help you and to confirm what you were already doing but leaning people God God will give you a word for clearance progression and advancement it's there in verse 5 it says now the prophet Gad said to David I mean it doesn't say, now the prophet Gad was walking through the cave of Adullam and was led by the Spirit to stop and talk to David. It doesn't say, one day, Gad got a, a revelation from God and went to look for David. It doesn't say that. Gad shows up out of nowhere. He just, poof, he's in the picture. He's abrupted. He's, he's, he's just shows up and it says in verse 5, now the prophet God said to David, don't stay in the stronghold. Notice that he didn't say don't stay in the cave. He's referring to the stronghold because that's what's in David's mind. This is now going to be my stronghold. I feel okay in here. You're not anointed for the cave. You're anointed for the castle. And sometimes God has to bring people in your life. And I pray I am that person today for somebody's life to tell you the cave. That is not your stronghold. You've been anointed for greater things for your life. Get out of there. Prophet Gad comes and he says, get out. He didn't come and say, oh, Davy, Davy, Davy. <laughs> Who did this to you, Davy? Tell me about it, Davy. Sit down. What happened, Dave? Tell me. And a lot of times that's what we want. We want our stronghold to continue being on stronghold. And we want God to send people to come and massage the feelings that we have of inferiority, insecurity, and doubt. But God sends a prophet to kick in that door if there was one and says, what are you doing here, David? What on earth are you doing here? You were not anointed for the cave. You were anointed for the castle. You were anointed for greater things. Why are you making this cave and this life incident your stronghold? I've come to tell you, get out of here. Your purpose is not in here. Your ministry is not in here. It was in here for a little bit because sometimes you got to minister while you're in misery. David is in misery in the cave, and now he's having to minister to 400 people that are in distress, bitter of spirit, that are in debt, and they're a mess. Hello? And that's where God begins to work and let you know what I've called you for. 
I know you're in a mess. I know you're grieving. I know you're hurting. I know you've had loss. But if you could minister, if you could use your gift, if you could use your calling, if you could use your talent, if you could use all of that in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your hurt, you'd be surprised how many people, 400 army men came out of that cave because he learned to minister while he was in misery. That's the time. The best time that God confirms, come on musicians, I'm almost done. That's the best time that God could confirm your calling, your ability, your potential, and everything he's deposited in you. Not when everything's going good and dandy. Not when a president comes over here and says, of a company and says, no, no, no. When somebody is busted and disgusted and you're able to change their life and you're able to turn their life around. Those are the confirmations. They're the ones that confirm the calling on your life. Sometimes you have to minister while you're in misery. And when you're in a mess, David does that. And then all of a sudden the prophet comes in and says, it's time for you to get out. I didn't anoint you for the cave. I anointed you for the castle. Sometimes we have to keep going back and look at the picture. Don't get discouraged. Go back and look at the picture. See how it's forming. See how it's shaped. And one thing is, when you look at the picture, it has no curves, it has no cuts, it has nothing, even though the pieces are cut in different ways. But at the end, your picture will be like this, if you are persistent and consistent. The prophet comes, tell him, recognize the anointing that's on you. Because if you recognize that anointing, you'll shake the dust off your shoulders, you put them back, raise up your head, and you'll realize, I wasn't anointed for this. This was just part of the puzzle. God anointed me for something greater. This is what I'm pursuing right now. This is what I'm going after right now. This is what God painted for my life. And so you need a prophet. He shows up to give you the green light to go. God is only using that place where you are to prepare you. Are you listening? To prepare you for what is coming. God is using that moment, that unpreferred, that ugly season in your life. God is using it to prepare you for what is coming that is greater. He's preparing you for the picture that he already drew of you. David, don't give up and don't cave in. Just part of the puzzle of your life preparing you it's there where I'm erasing the doubts that you've had it's there where I'm allowing you to have moments with me to talk with me it's there where I'm bringing family and friends that love you more than uh, as a person than a position it's there where I'm bringing you the broken the hurt so that your ministry your potential and your gift will turn their lives around and they will say you are a captain and you can see wow my gifts have really made an impact on these people's life God has not forgotten me. Prophet comes in to say, don't stay. For God has not anointed you to stay. Scout and seize the territory. I'm going to give it to you. Don't stay where you are. I close with this as you have your piece of puzzle in your hand. What do you do when this piece doesn't look like the picture? What do you do when this piece 
doesn't look close to your promise. What do you do? Abraham, go outside your tent and count the stars. Because that's how your descendant is going to be. God gives him a picture. But study the life of Abraham and see everything he has to go through. You haven't given me children. How am I supposed to have a descendant? I messed up. I got my, my wife's servant pregnant. Now I haven't. Child that's not the child with promise. That I was supposed to have a Sarah. Hello? Bring me Isaac and sacrifice. These are all pieces of that puzzle. Count the stars. Look at them. I'm going to give you a descendant. Ask Jacob. He got the birthright. But now he's running from his brother Esau. He's got the birthright blessing. He's a trickster. How does all this play to the big picture? Ask Joseph. All these big dreams. He finds himself being sold, first of all, in the pit of a well, a, a, a water well. Taken out, sold to the Midianites. How does the dreams you gave me go with this picture and these pieces, how do they fit in that dream? Now he finds himself working for Potiphar. Oh, maybe things are, are coming together. Then he's accused by Potiphar's wife. Trying to seduce her. To rape her. Now he finds himself in prison. Where does this piece of puzzle fit? In this beautiful picture, when this piece is not beautiful at all, what do I do? The pieces of my life, when the piece of puzzle that I have at this moment does not even look close to the picture that God showed me and promised me. What do I do? Stand to your feet, please. God will show you a picture and then he'll give you that picture in pieces. And let me tell somebody this. You cannot judge the picture by the piece. Let me say that again. You cannot judge the picture by the piece. say to somebody today that some of you are giving up on your promise and on your picture because you're looking at your present peace that doesn't seem to fit in. Say that again. Some of you are giving up on your promise and on the picture that God showed you because the present peace that you're living right now doesn't seem to fit in and you're giving up on that already. 
But remember, all, all, all the pieces fit and there are no extra pieces. So live this piece of your life. Live this piece of your puzzle. Understanding it's all working, connecting together for my good. Oh, there are pieces of my life that I wish I didn't have to live. Even some pieces right now. They're all part of that puzzle. I'm going to be 60 in January. And sometimes you would think that all the ugly puzzles, pieces would be done with. My sister Gloria, who's over there, the one who always has the big bows, and little daughter Dina has it. She loves puzzles. She is great at puzzles. And the bigger the puzzle, the more pieces, the better and the more challenging for her. And one of the things that I have noticed when she has done those puzzles is always try to make the frame first. Hello? Get all the right pieces, the right cut edges that seem to be part of the frame. Connect that. Start connecting it. But you know, always look at the picture. And sooner or later, those pieces will begin to fit in and finally form the picture that God gave you.